Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about transitioning jobs and building an online presence. Yeah, so this is something that we've been sitting on for um, a little while now, just because it is something personal that both Danny and I have gone through. And we've had a few requests to, um, you know, open the dialogue and have um, an open discussion about it. So we're excited to be able to sit down and share, you know, what we've both gone through as well as some key pointers for anyone who is going through the same thing. Yeah, and I've recently noticed that particularly with lockdown and everything that's been going on, the demand for people to think about changing their work and transitioning and maybe they realised, oh, hang on, I didn't actually really like what I was doing, what's next? So it's been a common uh, point that people have been talking about and reaching out about. And since we have gone through it and now we're at that position where we're sort of established in our new role, uh, we thought now would be the good time to really talk about it so it's exciting like there's a lot of emotion that comes into this we leave the comfort zone we start something new and it's exciting it's scary it's it's everything so happy yeah. to get into it yeah. today yeah and I think um like what you just said Danny I think it's important because COVID and isolation and lockdown um it really sped up a lot of these things for a lot of people it it forced or I don't want to say forced but it pushed people to actually make a lot of decisions and whether it is changing a lot of their business structure or the way they do things i.e transitioning to offering online or whatever it might be um or even just you know what it did for me just made me reassess and really take the plunge you know I think it's actually been really good for people to have this uncertain period to make them reflect and assess you know what direction they're going in Yeah, yeah. And you have briefly touched on how you transitioned from being a midwife now to a coach. But I remember based on our conversation, it was during that period of of lockdown at the start where you you made that decision and actually committed, right? Mm, Yeah, yeah, it was the start. And um, it was really just going through lockdown that I guess confirmed it all for me, like confirmed everything that I was doing. But I guess it's not the normal way that most people do it and we'll chat about it. Like most people would slowly, slowly, slowly sort of do it. And everyone talks about having that side hustle, Mm -hmm. right. And then like, you know, grinding away, but there is other ways of doing it. There is other ways of going about it. So, you know, the way we want to structure this as well is to go through some key questions that both Danny and I have asked ourselves throughout, um, you know, this process or the last few years, even um, to help us go onto this pathway. Yeah, yeah. And throughout the course of my working career, I'll just talk about in the fitness industry. We don't need to bring up the old bonbons bakery and the cafe type thing. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. It's still applicable. It was good time. Oh, it was good time. Some of the memories came up on my phone from like five years ago or whatever when I used to work in the bakery of me smiling there. I in did front see of the that. You yep. saw that? Yeah. We were so cheeky. We used to pretend that we dropped the um the baked goods on the bench. We're like, oh well, we can't sell that. Nom 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 nom. Oh, Ooh. drop that one too. Good time. <laughs> anyway, wait. Um, first, before you move on, can I have a bit of a um, a bit of a resume, like a bit of a background ooh. to your job? Like, you know, what was your high school thing? Yeah, well, I started work when I was about sixteen, only because I thought, oh yeah, now I probably should. People, I remember when the age was like 
14 and a half or something, or really young. And yep. people were like, oh, 14 and nine months. 14 and nine. I knew you'd know because I bet you started straight <laughs> away, but we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was 16. I pushed it as long as I could and then started working as a waitress in a Greek restaurant, um, of course, for about. Of course. <laughs> um, and then I moved from a restaurant to a cafe and then another cafe, then Bon Bon's Bakery. And then I'm like, and then I got too old for that stuff and found my passion for fitness. And then I ended up at uh, a gym called Contours. Then I was at Fernwood. Then I was at um, another gym working for myself. Then I worked online as a coach. Jeez, this is a long timeline. And then after being online, I went back to hands-on osteo. Then I dabbled in exercise rehab mixed with osteo. And now I'm purely exercise rehab and online. So that is a lot of changes. And you know how you have people that are like, I've been this for 30 years. Give me three months and I've probably changed what I'm doing. Like it's a complete. Oh, opposite. yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. yours? And Oh, God, you're going to die. Oh, here we go. Bring <laughs> mine. So I started um, 14 and nine months, and 14 in. years old and nine <laughs> months. Um, I started working at the Fed or the Federal Hotel, which was like a um, like a pub sort of restaurant oh, yeah. thing. And then I also worked um, at a like a local bakery during school. I did those oh. both, both of those jobs. And then when I went to uni, I um, I didn't work for my first year because who does that? You just sort of no, you, you just know, party, you get drunk all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I became a personal carer from there and I worked for a few different companies and then I started in my second year I started working as a um it was called a pass leader a student academic leader I started tutoring anatomy for first years um so I did a lot of that for the first three years like worked for the uni that I studied at and then um I worked as a hospital at the hospital as a hospital at the hospital Mm -hmm. obviously as a nurse grad nurse started working at f45 when I started getting into fitness I uh, did my PT cert, then went back to uni, did my um, post-grad in midwifery, became a midwife, obviously, mm. then started doing some in-person training and then sort of dabbled in the online and then did another role, a different type of role as a midwife. And now here I am. So mine's been yes. like this, this Z and you can really, and now that I say all that, I can really see the, the contrast and I guess mm. the back and forth. And the amount of times that when I was at uni, I was even like, oh, I'm not doing my PT cert. The amount of times that I said that and just didn't, yeah. something yeah. else would come up, uni got busy, exams, and it just never happened until I finally had a little bit more time once I was sort of working as a midwife. Um, mm. but yeah, I'm glad nice you asked background. that question, actually, because A, it was nice to reflect, reflect, but B, I think it's good for our listeners to know that we didn't just fall into the roles that we're in now there's been a lot of trial and error and from this job and learning skills and although we started off like you were at the pub and in the bakery we were learning people skills from a very young age Mm. and and communication and all of that and it it all just because people ask oh how long have you been doing what you're doing and I don't have an answer because it's literally my whole lifetime of learning and and new experiences meshed into one like you can't put a, a, a time frame on it really um, no. and that's the beauty and of everything 
everything has transferable skills. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if I was, you know, working at the pub, tutoring at the uni, working as a diabetic educator or as a midwife. Everything that you do, you learn how to communicate with verbal and nonverbal skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, no one really cares what you know unless they know that you care. So if you can't show that through more ways than words, you know, that's the industry of business. It's If you're servicing yep. people, you need to know how to look after them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So should we get into that period in which, you know, you're, you're doing one thing and then you know that your passion lies somewhere else and you can't stop thinking about that other thing and, you know, this was quite fresh for you and, and even myself at the start of the year because at the start of the year that's when I stopped hands-on therapy completely and then did exercise-based um, work and then education-based work. So that was a big mm. catalyst. But there's that point in between where you're like, oh, it's a safe zone, it's what I know, but I love the other thing. So let's get mm. into that transition and what it involved. Yeah, and it's really interesting because you don't have to hate what you're doing to go through that No, as well. Like, you know, you can still like thoroughly for myself, like you can still like what you're doing and love something else. And that's actually really hard. It's hard to be torn between two things. And even I guess for a lot of our listeners who are even studying right now, you know, when you go to uni, you finish school, everyone asks you, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And you make an impulsive decision and you're applying yeah. for all these unis and off you go, right? <laughs> like, and, and it, it's so funny. Like, I'm glad that I fell into something that I liked at the time, right? Yeah. And that has a lot of transferable skills and has given me a lot of options Mm. um but you know not a lot of people are that lucky sometimes we just go into things that we think we might like or you know contemporary sort of jobs and and stable incomes and and lines of work Um, and a lot of people and you would have experienced it as well Danny when you go through study a lot of people sort of get halfway through something and go I'm not sure if this is for me yeah. And that can be really hard as well. It's the exact same scenario, whether you've been working for 10 years in a job or you're halfway through a degree. Once you start sort of, you know, jumping between or over the fence on sort of something else and questioning on whether you're doing the right thing or you're heading in the right pathway, you know, it's really important to like ask, what is it about my current career, job or study that perhaps isn't servicing me or that I'm not fully loving? Mm, mm. yeah definitely and it is important to to listen to your intuition because it's hard we get sold something whether it be a pt course on the radio you know they used to play them all the time now they don't really anymore and you think oh this is great i'll get a job as soon as i finish no it's hard like even with uni Mm. i ended up doing a three-year degree degree and it got me nowhere they don't tell you that but it is probably my fault because I rocked up on the day of orientation and literally just put any, mini whiny, mo for my course for a three-year degree. Like that's how loose I used to be. I'm the complete opposite now. But there's always a way to get what you want if you just don't mm. stop. It's not like, all right, I'm stuck here now. So back to your uh, first point, just say, all right, I'm in this situation, fine, but I'm in control now. What, what do I love about it? And what do I wish could change? And mm. that's fine. That's what you have to do. And you actually can change it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. And when I asked myself that question as well, like what is it about my current career or job that I don't like? Something that you can also do is write like a pros and a con list. You know, mm. there's things that we like and we're really attached to the things that we like because we don't want to think, you know, it's scary. It's a big change. So we try and avoid 
avoid it. It's natural, right? We don't really want to lean in discomfort unintentionally. It has to feel safe for us. Um, so, you know, writing a pros and a con list of what you're studying, what you're doing, what you're working towards can really help you see, you know, the positives and the benefits, um, or the, sorry, the positives and the negatives of perhaps what you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Are we happy to use examples from you transitioning from midwifery to online coaching and then me from hands-on to exercise rehab? Can we keep going back to that? Yeah, because we've done it so long in our life, but that's the most recent because it happened this year. I think that's really cool. Mm. Um, So then the second one, ask yourself, does the new career or or study fill, fill that void, that part that's just where you're like, I wish I could X, Y, Z. So does Mm. the new pathway feel that void? What's missing? Mm. Yeah. And for someone like yourself, Danny, when I guess the void that you were trying to fill, was it a different void? Was it such a different void? Was it a similar void? Like when you transitioned from hands-on to what you're doing now, like forgive my ignorance, is it, is there a big difference in between those sorts of fields? Well, yes, because it's a mixture of me I always wanted to be a physio, but I didn't get the 96 enter score. And I just Mm. love training. I freaking love training. And then I also loved being a hands-on therapist because you'd get to meet people and chat and and help them out. But then I was stuck. There's only so many people you can help one hour, one person. It was a grind Mm. and it was very exhausting on the body and the mind. You give Mm. your energy to other people, which it's still a great job. But for me personally, I wanted the training side. I wanted to teach people how to move. Um, So the void was I was just limiting myself for time and energy. But then also my patients kept coming back with the same thing because they were just used to their maintenance uh, treatment. Cool. They get headaches. All right, here's some needles in the upper traps. Whereas now I see a patient once or twice and then I don't have to see them again because they feel better. And then that just makes me feel better. Um, but mm. I didn't know until I started um, hanging out or working with Andrew Locke uh, and the crew down at Pro Raw, and then putting all my coaching knowledge into one. And then I'm like, hang on a minute, there's another way to do it. Uh, so then I, mm-hmm. I would rock up to my shifts where I was hands-on and, and in the back of my mind, I just started to feel inauthentic in the message I was delivering. And that was mm-hmm. the red flag to, to allow me to realize, no, it's actually time to move on. As scary as it was, because it was new, it was unknown. I didn't want to let my other employers down and things like that. So that was mm. the void. And everyone wants that, um, that, that, I don't know, that job description, right? Everyone wants that pathway, that, you know, transitioning careers for dummies 101, you know, those books. Mm. But there is no right or wrong, especially when you're paving your own path and there is yes. no sort of, it's like I think everyone spends this period of time trying to find answers and mm. it's like I've got to stop looking, I've just got to make them up for myself. And it's funny when you go through that and like talking about, I guess, filling that void, you know, we'll chat about this, you know, being authentic and sort of practicing what you preach because it's it's really hard to sell a product or a service if you don't generally like use it or believe in it yourself because it's inauthentic and people can like read off that. People can like feel that energy and in a time where, you know, social media is so accessible and you can put so much of your personality into it, like mm. stories and all these sorts of things. You know, if you're a fraud or if you're faking it, people can really, really notice it. Exactly. And that's always a good gauge with any decision in life. If you start to feel inauthentic, whether it be um, anything, then that's how you know, all right, cool, I need to 
start changing some things. Mm, absolutely. And then one of the other questions as well is, you know, do I have the skills, the passion or the interest for this new career or job? So it's all well and good to want to do something. You know, maybe I want to be an astronaut, but I'm not going to go and do that because, you know, one, I don't have the interest, <laughs> the skill, or it's not possible. So mm. it's really important to consider that. And although there is like, you know, for a lot of stuff, you know, in the fitness industry for what we're talking about, but in any industry, mm. there's usually like a minimum, uh, you know, entry point that you might need. And then the rest is sort of up to you, I guess, depending on your scope of practice and everything, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you need to have the passion and the skill set or at least a base level skill set to be able to build off that. Yeah, yeah. And which we'll talk about how to improve on that, of course, because if you wanted mm. to go to astronaut training school or however they do it, you could. But Absolutely. At the time, yeah, you, you sort of just have to reflect, all right, what are the skills that I'm lacking at the moment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and then next sort of ask, all right, what do I actually want to gain from this new career? So we've, we've sort of framed, all right, what are the things that I want to change? And we put it in a positive way. Okay, why am I wanting to change? What are the new things that I will actually gain? Um, gain? And then once you visualize yourself in the new role, doing what you're doing, you'll get feelings and then just, just mm. feel those feelings. It might be a little bit of nerves, but if there's excitement there and, and all of that, then that's how you know that that's your driving force always. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think I said this on um, an episode once, but something that I did a while ago, um, like a journaling thing, I was like, I wonder if I wrote down like it, exactly how I'd want my day to be. Like if I had all the options in the world, what would my day to day look like? And it's a really cool tool because you end up writing it down. Like it's not going to be something, you know, you think you might go, oh, we'll go to the Bahamas for a week. You're not going to do that. Like how would you like to live your day to day? What time would you wake up? What would you do then? Then what would you do? How would you spend your afternoon? What time would you go to bed? All those sorts of things. And, you know, I'm doing that now. It's like really cool to be able to sort of like write it down. I was like, oh, that would be so nice to be able to sort of do that. You know, and it's not impossible to do. But it all starts with, you know, something that we both really talk about a lot is manifestation and sort of really visualizing that lifestyle that you want and you know even um you know in the my one of my old journals like seeing down there start a podcast like that was friggin cool to read and I was like holy shit like tick yeah yeah big tick man look at us nearly been a year (laughs) that's cool I'm all about I love that you're all about that too because I think people take manifestation and visualization for granted but at the end of the day if you are so strong on your vision you actually don't have to work as hard but if you're Mm -hmm. scrambling to try and and I've been in this position if you're scrambling to try and find the answers you will not see clearly because if your head's Mm -hmm. down you don't know what you're missing out there there might Mm -hmm. be yeah it's like for example people always on their phone trying to you know you're missing the whole world around you by your distraction it could be right yeah. in front of you, the answer. But if we're open and, and we have that vision, we've got the map. We've, we've got the yeah. destination. Otherwise, we're just flying around going nowhere. Like, yeah. it is so important. I remember um, when I was uh, sort of new in the industry or even a few years ago, I, I had my people that I looked up to in, in the industry. And I'm like, you know what? This was before I even finished my osteo degree. I'm like, one day I want to be the insert their name for example the lauren simpson because she's massive in this industry or the hattie boydle of rehab like i want to be that known person of rehab 
and slowly, slowly, you get just so clear on you and, and, and your mission and it starts to happen. And by all means, I'm not saying, you know, any comparison, but I just wanted to be an iconic person for that. And it's like you with mm. women's health. You just feel it within you sometimes. You're like, mm, I'm going to be more than what I am right now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that's about um, that, that vision and that message and that branding element of like being more than just a name, right? Mm. Like, yes, the iconic names are great to have, but it's, it's you know, when you want to have more than that, it feels different. Mm. But, you know, visualisation and manifestation, it's a bit like voodoo for some people. Um, but I, I really believe, and it was for me for a long time until, until it started happening to me, <laughs> you know, when I was like, God, I just this is going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I remember I remember saying to Luke, I'm like, this is going to happen. And then like yeah. when I would actually say things and they would happen, I'd be like, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. it's like it's so crazy when this happens. Imagine if I could do it about all these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you start doing it, I can't explain it, right? And for someone who's like, you know, a health professional, Western medicine, all that sort of stuff, it's hard to not have data or um, yeah. you know, objective feedback and prove something. Because if you don't believe it, it's not going to work anyways. And, you know, you've got nothing to lose by trying to journal. But like what you said, you know, it's like when I became a midwife and I was like, I swear everyone's pregnant. No, not everyone in the world's pregnant, but I'm just noticing it more because you become more aware of it. So it's the same sort of thing is like, you know, you can't see some of the opportunities if you're blinded by something else. It's going to be hazy for you. Or if you don't have the time or the energy to invest into working on opportunities as well. And that's what I was going through for a long time. There was opportunities in grabbing distance for me, but Mm. I didn't have the time to grab them. So they just passed. Um, And that's the same with a lot of people, I think. Yeah, because you get stuck in in the grind, quote unquote. Now, people call... People use the word grind as it's a good thing, but I don't think it is. I don't, but we've all been there. We, I've been so tired and patient after patient after patient, client after client, this, that, slamming myself, studying. And then mm. you don't even have the time to breathe. So how is a new opportunity going to come up or how are you going to transition out if you don't give yourself that time? It's impossible. You're stuck. Mm. You have mm-hmm. to minimize some of your current work to you might not have the answer, but at least give yourself space just to yeah. breathe and think. And then yeah. you slowly transition. Okay. Yeah. But before we do that, we must do a few things. What were you about to say? I was going to say, it's just like you, 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 like you're speaking to me because mm. I was the same. You know, I'd do like, I'd do a couple of in-person PT clients in the morning. I'd go and work a late shift and then I'd come home and then I'd get up for my early and then I'd try and train in amongst that and then I'd be competing. And, mm-hmm. like, you're mm-hmm. just like, how how many air, eggs can you put in different baskets? Exactly. How many baskets do you think that you can all carry at once? Yeah. And, I, and I used to sort of, you know, not like a, you know, not a badge of honour, but I was like, a lot of people sort of were like, oh, you're doing everything so well. And I was like, yeah, but the load's so heavy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I can only carry it for so long. Oh, yeah. um, and, and you sort of, you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm not doing everything well. I'm doing no. everything. I'm not mm. doing everything well. Yeah. It's like a powerlifter trying to be good at yoga. You're not, you're going to be mediocre at both, you know, yeah. like you can't be good at one or you can't be amazing at one at both. Uh, mm. So Definitely in that phase. I think it's important for you to um, carry all the baskets or like try all the things. 
because then you get to, to dabble in and go, oh, okay, I'll try that, I'll try that, I'll try that. And then there is that phase where you're doing everything. You're like, oh, my God. Similar to you. I was doing two shows in my final year of uni while, you know, transitioning work, literally changed my job. It was nuts. But I got to learn, okay, I like this, I like this, I could change that. I don't really like that. It's, yeah. it's gathering feedback. You feel sick, you're exhausted, but then you learn, okay, what can I drop? And then you start yeah. dropping things again. And it feels so nice because yeah. the more you drop, then you can spend more time on the areas you love and they grow and improve. And then new opportunities mm. come. So it's that, but it takes time. You can't just drop everything straight away. You have to get mm. confident in the areas that you do enjoy and get really yeah. good at those, build those skills. Mm. And sometimes I think people have um, a hard time dropping, you know, and this is what leads to burnout is like when yeah. you constantly just take on more things and then you feel obliged or like, you know, perhaps pressured to to continue servicing one area um, or wear your multiple hats and collect all your baskets. It's important to be able to let go of the things that no longer do serve you. And you you know what they are. You know yeah. who they are. You, you know what they are. It's just difficult to part ways with some of those things, especially when you've spent like years or time, effort and energy or, or finances um, getting to that point. And, mm. you know, you're probably the same, Danny. Sometimes you think, that's a big hex fee, you know, or that's a lot of time I've spent doing that. I forgot about that. my hex fee, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, you know, I you think... that one. <laughs> but, you know, you do and, you know, it's important to know that there's no such thing as wasted time. There's just time. No. There's no such thing as wasted experience or knowledge or people skills. You know, everything has transferable assets. So you always mm. take everything on. Nothing's wasted. Yeah, yeah. I think it's only wasted if you're not enjoying it. If you're sitting there in a job that you hate, like that's, you, yeah, that's not good. And I understand it's uncomfortable, but what would you rather spend the rest of your life in a job that you don't enjoy with people that you don't vibe with, feeling inauthentic to yourself forever, or at least giving it a go and trying something else and going through that discomfort, which yeah. is worse. You have to ask yourself. Like it depends mm. what kind of person that you are, but I feel like we attract very similar audience to us who are wanting to try all of this and, and that. And the feeling of stagnancy and discomfort kills me. I mean, um, stagnancy and, yeah, not progressing kills me. I hate it. Yeah. I have to progress. And I think, um, you know, if, if I could think back, you know, Sherelle five, six years ago and give her some advice, it would be to st still try and wear all the hats and grab all the baskets yeah. and, 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 you know, not burn out, but it's, you know, walk the tightrope for a little bit and feel what that feels like. So that you can almost be forced to make decisions because mm -hmm. I'm one of those people where I need to almost be on the verge of burning out to drop some hats. And that's probably not a good thing. But at the same time, I sort of know that about myself. And like what you said, it's that, that thing of being busy and being okay yeah. with that. Like I'm not scared of hard work, but then you're like, okay, now I need to pull, pull back a little bit because I've been going hard, but you know, yeah trying a lot of different things to figure out what it is that you want to do like you know when you're at uni and it, you don't really know what you want yet you really don't you're still so young and they predict that our generation is going to have like nine different careers throughout our lifetime not jobs careers and I think that's pretty cool because our parents era like it sort of wasn't like that it was sort of like, you know, you get a finance, um, a good job or you start a business and you earn an income and you start a family and you, you know, you do that. Whereas 
we have so many opportunities just from the internet. Yes. Um, it's crazy. Like, you know, even how not like you're sitting there listening to us that we recorded mm. like a week. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're nearly up to nine careers already, aren't we, with our lists? Oh, probably. Yeah, we just Bloody. wrapped off ours. We're nearly at nine. I reckon there'll be more. Yeah, for sure. But is there a difference between a job and a career? I don't know. Yeah, when you said that, I got confused. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? I Carrying don't know. On. There could be. No, that's me not knowing, is there? I think a career is where you is something that you have progression and advance in, whereas a job oh, yeah. is just something that you work. Um, mm. And I guess that comes down to, you know, what you've, the, your perception of your current line of work. Do you see yeah. progression in that? Exactly. Do you look, I remember someone once told me this because I used to do, um, I did work experience in offices. That's when I thought, not that any disrespect against someone in an office, but I just thought, oh yeah, I'll finish school, I'll work in an office and, and then I'm successful. And then I did that work experience. I'm like, this sucks. A, I got all the crappy jobs of just stapling papers because I'm a work experience girl. <laughs> Ding the so I did that for two weeks. That was shit. And then, but what someone taught me was if you are working for someone and you look at your senior and you don't want their job, then get out. Because what? Mm. You're going to work for a promotion and another one, another one to get to a role that you don't even want. Like that's mm. another way to know to change. Um, yeah. Mm. But Everyone needs to have, um, you know, direction and feel like there's room for, um, room for progression in yeah. whatever job they've got. We need to be wanting to work towards something. It's human nature. It is human nature. And when it comes to, okay, let's just say back to your astronaut example. All right, Sherelle wants to be an astronaut, but you don't have the skills, as you said. Well, the best way to do it, go study what Neil Armstrong did. One of the, I don't know, he's the only astronaut I know. Well, I don't know why I went back to this, this um, example. Find out what he did, how he did it. Find people, find mentors. The best thing that I've done, and I know that you've worked with a lot of mentors too, just to pick people's brains. I'm like, who's the best at that field at what they do? All right, I'm mm. going to buy their courses. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to, yeah, do their services. Um, yeah, and, and that's how you learn, by putting yourself through it, by picking yep information from the best of the best and formulating your own that's what mm. we've done i think mm. it's brilliant and it, t- t- it took us so much guesswork like oh yeah yeah Mentally. um and people think like i think i always get asked you know how do you find mentors who's the best mentors and it made me really think about this the other day because i was thinking about all the different mentors i've had in my life and they mm. they don't have to be these extraordinary figures either so for example when i first started lifting weights there was this um guy at the gym and i used to call him gym dad because he would come up and pretend to be my dad when all the boys were hitting on me um ah. and he he was, was that his way of hitting on you? No, I'm kidding. No! <laughs> oh, my God. His son had the biggest crush on me, though. It was so funny. Ah, anyway, that's what he was really trying to do. <laughs> he wanted me as a part of the family. But, you know, <laughs> I was, like, 19 and I just got into the gym and, you know, just transitioning from the cross trainer pretty much. Yep. Um, and he would, like, help me. You know, he was showing me on the leg press. He was, like, this old-school bodybuilder. Like, mm-hmm. and I literally classify him as like my first mentor Sean teaching me chest flies and and then yeah (laughs) oh here we go bloody hell but then moving on from that right 
right? Yeah. I had um, another mentor and he was a running coach and he like yep. taught me how to coach and train running because I used to have like a little running group when I was a bit younger and, yeah. you know, I classified him as a mentor. He was a yeah. great mentor. And there's a lot that you can learn from sports performance as well. It has a huge crossover. Mm. Um, mm. And then another one is I used to train with like a strength and conditioning coach who was like really good at martial arts. And he taught me a lot of stuff as well. These aren't right. people that I sought out either. You know, okay. I didn't seek people out. It just sort of happened and I just took the opportunities when they, you know, came into play. So yeah, it doesn't cool. have to be these huge, you know, um, figures in the industry either. You can really get a lot of information and resources from a lot of people around you. Yeah, that's a good way of reframing it, I suppose. Um, I more brought that back to recent times just naturally. But growing up, you're right, there were people that... Um, taught you lots of different things your parents could be a mentor because they teach you what you mm. want and what you don't want anyone um but yeah it, it depends on on where you're at in your career and and what you actually want to learn but mentors are everywhere definitely mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah find someone who's doing the area that you want to do and pick their brain show up be a student and always keep learning and then that'll yeah. increase your confidence to then start mm. to take on your own clients so you've, mm. you've done the learning from a little bit and the learning never ends and you say, cool, I like this. All right. Then you have to start to think, what will I offer people? What's the service mm. that I'll give or the product that I'll create? What is needed? That's always mm. important to reflect on. Because if you don't know mm. what you're offering, I remember I had that at this, when I was crossing over, it was messy as. Um, I wasn't so clear on my vision and then it reflects back. People would inquire and say, so what do you do? Like my message was not clear. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I need to really make it clear. Because if we're confused, they're going to be confused. Um, Mm. But it does take that reflection. Mm. Absolutely. And your message is really important because, you know, I'm a big believer that you attract whatever you put out in the world. Yeah. So like, you know, the sort of people that are attracted to you are a reflection of, you know, what you portray on social Mm. media. Mm. And that's very evident. in. And when you're walking down the street and what you're wearing and what you're saying, like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I always laugh because I'm that person on the pub on public transport where I'll get like the homeless lady come up and ask me something. You know how like (laughs) there's just those people and you're like, far out, what is it? And Luke's like, you know what it is? Did you smile too much? And I'm like, you know, you do sometimes if you're like, anyways, it's funny because I'm like, it is always me when someone will come up and feel like smiling's good. Don't ever stop smiling, (laughs) Sharon. Don't ever stop smiling. Oh God. But you know, I think that's important in terms of like even social media, like what you mm. put out there is what you're going to attract. If I yep. want to spread the, the message of women's health, right. And all that stuff matters. And, you know, talk about all those taboo topics and put that out there. They're the questions I'm going to get back to me. And of it's course. so funny because um, you put up a Q and A box and that really will reflect the image that you've got. It'll yep. show you all the things that people are curious about, about you or where, or what sort of information they want to get from you or come to you from. And um, mm. yeah, I think it's really interesting to watch that evolution, even with my own um, crossing over of careers and changes in those areas. Yeah. It's like when, um, when we're like, all right, we'll pop a Q and A up for the podcast. And if we were to do it on our personal page, we'd end up all the training rehab on my end and random Pokemon ones. People have all of a sudden, I answered one question, Pokemon. Pokemon. And now all, every time I do Q&A Fridays, I get Pokemon. It's so random. It's just changed. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, I'll stop talking about that. 
Um, and then for you, nutrition, women's health, hormones, all of that. So that's why we do it on the mutual um, page. But it isn't, I did notice that actually. It's a really good reflection there, which we'll talk yeah. about uh, building an online presence after this, actually. Mm. Yes. But with transitioning. So get confident, find out what you want to offer, and then just free up some time to take on mm. one client, just one. Mm. And they might not even, they might not even pop up straight away, but at least you've allowed time. Because if you've mm. got a really busy schedule, even if you've got clients, there's nowhere to fit them. So the time mm. comes first, and then we start to play with um, inquiries and, and things that might pop up and slowly transition. Mm. Try a couple for a little mm. bit, and then you'll end up getting yeah. your confidence. And because leaving a, a secure income for a job that's client based is scary, I understand totally. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, if mm -hmm. I don't have clients, I don't get paid. Well, slowly get the confidence up and, and build it that way. Yeah, I'll tell you about my first client. She'll probably listen to this and laugh at it, but I didn't want her. She's just a good friend of mine now. But oh, when I used to work, I didn't at want her. <laughs> I didn't know. Like I said, no, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I was young. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I was working at F45 and she was, um, you know, she was always like, oh, you know, do you, do you train people? Do you coach people? And I was like, nah, I don't do that. I don't mm. like, no. Anyways, and she was so persistent. I freaking love her. I love her. Like yeah. she was so persistent, you know, like I just want to, you know, so she used to come over and I used to like write down on like pen and paper. I was <laughs> like, okay, go to the gym and do this. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. Eat eat this I was freaking writing down meal plan no idea what I was doing um anyways and and now she's like doing amazing things she's gone on and you know she's a paramedic and she's doing her own um personal training and coaching and right. stuff now and it's so funny to look back at like the things that just knock on your door you know mm -hmm. things poke you they have this funny way of like pay attention to me and for a long time I was just like nah nah push away push away push away yeah. until one time like you're just like okay I've really let this push on or knock on the door for so long. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you don't have to start with freaking 50 clients. You no. shouldn't. Absolutely not. You test no. the waters. Test the waters. Definitely. She had it. Is she still working? Is she still with you as a client? Yeah. Oh, well, like I sort of help her out. She doesn't need me. Um, yeah. She definitely doesn't need me. She's just a good there friend go. of mine now. That's good. See, it does start out mm. like that. Um, yeah. I remember when I, at the start or the end of last year after I turned pro all of a sudden I got this big bout of confidence I'm like I can do whatever the hell I want now um <laughs> yeah, I'm take really over. good because I was a bit shy when it came to working at pro raw to be honest just because I mm. saw it as a really amazing place and it is um but I'm like oh I've never really done this whole exercise rehab type stuff like I'm I know what I'm doing but I just haven't formulated it as a career yet um so then I booked just one person, rocked up there, was a bit nervous, of course, because I hadn't done it, took them through a session and it went well. It was super easy. I'm like, why was I even nervous? No one was even looking at me. It was amazing. And then, all right, I booked two in a row, three, four, five. And then all of a sudden I had enough leads and people coming in and patients to then stop my other work. But I did, you go through those feelings, but mm -hmm. you just have to do it try yeah. one or two and and that's the same with online i think it's a little mm -hmm. bit different though because you need a pretty solid structure for online so again mm -hmm. the best bet would be to to try online coaching as a client just to see how mm -hmm. someone else does it and you can oh yeah things as well i think that's definitely yeah. the best way 
But again, start yeah. with a small amount of people. Could be a handful, mm-hmm. could be five people. And then go yeah. from there and things grow. And then all of a sudden you stop taking on clients elsewhere, so on and so mm. forth. Mm. I think if you wanted to be an online coach, you should have most definitely had online coaching yourself. Even when I was going through different online coaching services, I was like, I'll do this differently. I'll do this differently. You know, you're constantly sort of being like, oh, this has done well, or, you know, Mm -hmm. you're sort of critiquing and assessing. And something else you said there, which I completely resonate with, is even though we come across, across as confident with a lot of the things that we do and say, there I'm always so nervous before I do something differently um you know whether it's transitioning or changing up your coaching model or like you know I do a a group zoom on the weekend and sometimes I'm nervous if there's a lot of people scheduled in there Mm -hmm. so um even though you know them it's just that that I guess that uncertainty it's a normal emotion it's nothing to be worried about um it's actually good it's 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 testing you it's mean it means that you're doing something that you one care about and two that makes you a little bit uncomfortable because it's new and that's exciting it is exciting it's addictive I even get it before the podcast I get a bit jittery I'm like oh maybe because I know I'm talking to you and I get excited but no you still get it because yeah it's just normal it's that activation energy it's excitement it's a bit of anxiety it's kind of like oh something something's happening that's not the mundane groundhog day stuff that I hate anyway. Yeah. That yeah, that's worse for me than than that excitement. So just embrace it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then another thing as well is like identifying what your transferable skill sets are. So like, what can you take from you know your current experiences, um, your current jobs, your current um, careers or industries into the new one that you've got? Because there's always, always, always transferable skills um and identifying and knowing what your strong points are is really important yeah yeah identifying your strong points but then also the areas that you need to improve on so Mm. you know starting your own work um I've lost where we're up to because my emails are just popping up like no tomorrow over the screen so I've lost what point we're up to but that's okay we'll just go for it um so basically yeah working out all right Every all the the uncertainty is normal, and you don't have to wear all the hats as as what we've mm. said. So, all right, find an area that you need to improve on. Well, cool. You're going into a job that requires you to sell yourself now, sell your service. Mm. Um, sales people are a bit funny about sales, but at the end of the day, you have to just remember you're not selling them something that will not help them. Like what you are offering will help that person. And you're coming from a place yeah. of authenticity and, and you genuinely want to help them, you're, you have to ask for a payment at the end of the day. It's just how things work. You go to the shops, you buy something, you pay. You don't walk out with your groceries. Like it's just how it works. So that's definitely an area that people shy away from. They're like, oh, I'll just send the email out. It's not going to work like that. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. Get okay with it. The mindset about the service that you're, providing get excited about it be like i'm gonna help this person now like and Mm. if and if it doesn't work out fine the next person you might be able to help it's it's okay but people don't realize that everything you do is technically sales 
Yes. And it comes back to like your relationship with money and everyone's had got a different relationship or experience with money, whatever it might be. You know, some people are like really good savers. Some people have no issues spending. Some people have always, you know, been really good at like working hard and earning that. And, and everyone, like whether you've grown up in like whatever situation you've come from, everyone has these like underlying things with money that were sort of embedded into us as children and how we sort of think about taking money, giving money, mm. earning money. Mm. Um, and I think that can have a lot of crossover into when it comes for you to start marketing or advertising or whatever it might be. So it is just about understanding perhaps those, those limitations, if it's one fit yep. for you. Um, and then just working on it, being okay with it, getting confident in yourself and what you're doing and, and realizing that it's coming from a good place. Yes. And when you become more established in your career and you've got testimonials and you build that trust, I mean, Pete, like even with this podcast, because you and I both jump on the phone to sign people up to our program, not, not only just for, it's not a sales process, it's more like figuring out whether your program is right for them. I love to get yes. on the phone with someone and have a chat rather than signing someone up and maybe they needed face-to-face, like, mm. you know. So um, we get on the phone with them, we have a chat, and then if the person realizes, yep, this is for me, cool, there's a transaction at the end. But if the product's not for them, all right, there's no transaction, we don't sign up. That's all, that's all it is. I think we've yeah. got stereotypes based on, you see like the used car salesman, like on the Simpsons, I remember the stereotypes that would come up of the word sales, that it's a dirty mm. word. But it's not. It's just the process for you to be able to help someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like when you want something, you go and you buy it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I don't go into Mac and like barter about the iPhone. Do you know what I mean? You just go in, I want the iPhone, I buy it. This is why Apple can charge such a premium for their products because they've established this like renowned brand with such a big mission and everyone's just got like, you know, every testimony. It's like, if you don't have an iPhone, what's up? You know, like iPhone, oh, it's it's that debate between iPhone and Samsung, right? Yeah, no, I'd never go Samsung. iPhone always. Because it integrates with Mm. everything. My laptop, getting text now, everything. But that's their brand. (laughs) That's their brand. And I think we need to move on to branding and online because um, we could talk forever about this because we're just so passionate about it and there's a lot in it. But um, mm. this bleeds into it because a lot, most of my clients come from online and from Instagram now because if you want to be an online service, you need to be online. You can't mm. not, like they're going to, it's like um, before you go to a restaurant, most of the time you suss out the menu. People suss us out oh, yeah. before they inquire. I get people inquire. Oh, everyone. I've listened to your podcast for six months, and but it's awesome. But if we weren't online, <laughs> people wouldn't know anything about us. Like it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, it's it's easier because they know they know you. Yeah, so like they know you. They and it's just like you. You're not like what we said. It's not selling anything. You know what you're getting. You know who we are. It's yes. just sort of like. You almost know more about me than I know about you, which is obvious, but yeah, yeah. it should be the other way around at the end of the day. And it usually becomes like that. Um, but yeah. it, it's it, online, it's such an interesting, such a fresh new age, right? Like mm. putting yourself out there on social media can be really hard. Um, it can be yeah. really hard. And I want to even just highlight that, you know, it takes a level of vulnerability to really put yourself out there um, mm. and feel uncomfortable. And not everyone has to do that. I'm not saying that everyone has to do that, but I'm saying sometimes if you want to build a big online presence, that's an obvious part of it. 
Mm -hmm. That's what it is. You have to pick your platform of choice. A lot of people go across the board, but personally, I just can't be bothered. I don't have time. I don't have made time. So Instagram's my main one. You're mainly Instagram as well. Yeah. yeah and I, I feel like Instagram. that's good. Although it's a fresh new age is what you said. It's, it's all of a sudden from five years ago when we started, like A, it's harder to get followers and B, so many people have jumped on board. There are fitness influencers everywhere. There are coaches, mentors, specialists everywhere. So mm. it used to be about following the trends, holding this supplement up, talking about this mindset quote. Now the trend is to be authentic. Even though it's harder, that is how you stand out. Otherwise, people's attention span, they're just scrolling. You've got three yeah. seconds, not even of their attention. If you don't, mm. if you just blend into everyone else, forget it. No one's going to notice yeah. you. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, God, just you talking about holding up a supplement product as well. I just think, you know, don't copy. Like, like if you want to stand out, don't copy other people. Just do you and try and make yourself a point of difference. But at the same time, you know, if you're trying to be different, you're doing it wrong. You know, you should just be yourself and that yeah. by definition is unique. Mm, beautiful. Mm. And look, if, if you being you is not working, go back to our point where we said enhance your skill set all right mm. you're putting content out it's not turning around how you'd like you're not getting the engagement that you want all right change something about it get different skills do something else but still be you there are yes. i understand that there are trends on social media and then and things that people get around world's women's day or whatever like trends that come up and it's okay to get amongst those things but in your own way again don't just jump on the bandwagon because everyone's talking about this thing all of a sudden if you're truly not mm. passionate about it don't bother talking about it but keep mm. an eye out for those trends uh but not the main trends of yeah as we said sort of supplements that you don't really believe in and and promoting things that are inauthentic because You'd be surprised how long people actually follow you for. Like they follow everything. And if you're chopping and changing your message, but not in a way that you and I have spoken where you change careers nine times, but if you're chopping and changing saying, this is the best meal prep company the next week, no, this is the best meal prep company. Then it's kind of like, oh, something fishy is going on here. So just keep yeah. an eye out for that as well. Yeah. You need to build trust. And build I think... Someone put it really, someone made a post the other day and they said something along the lines of like, I'm sick of coming on social media and feeling like I have to give value and education to sort of be different. This is what they were saying. And, mm. and I understood the message that she was saying. She's like, why does everything have to be about education and why is everything? And it made me think like, what is your perception of value? Like, why do you yeah. think that value has to come from a knowledge skill set? It really just highlights your insecurities in that area. Value is cool. Yes. Sorry. Hope she doesn't listen to it. No, but it's true. Know. It's true. But, you know, value to some people is like fucking showing up and giving someone inspiration yeah. that it's okay. Or like showing up is talking about a topic that's been taboo for a long time that people feel insecure and thought they were alone in. You know, value has so many more different avenues than just a textbook, you know, diagram on biomechanics that mm. half freaking people don't even understand anyways. Value is interpreted in multiple different ways. So it's just yeah. about defining how you like to demonstrate value and what sort of point of difference you want to be. Yeah, brilliant. And it really depends on 
what kind of person you want to attract to your business. Mm. You can value, you've got fashion bloggers that their outfit is the value. Like, yeah, I think now that um, lockdown's opening up and I can't walk around in trackies anymore, I'm noticing that I'm (laughs) clicking on more people with clothing and all that, which is so bad for the ads because my iPhone goes, hmm, Danny's looking at shoes again. Let's pop all these ads on. But value there. It's not always about being a teacher. Obviously, that's one of my passions, but it it wasn't when I first started. I didn't think that I could anyone anything i just wanted to lift stuff and i held up photos with protein bars but that's where i just started fine yeah but everyone did it everyone did did it it. and if you're Um, starting out play with it you might get one of those dms about a collaboration and if you're new to it and it's exciting for you go for your life but just mm -hmm. remember that it's not the be all and end all and it will not get you clients it'll get you free supplements maybe but always listen to what feels good and what you actually want to promote in that instance yeah, it's got to be authentic. And like what you mm. said, um, you know, I used to absolutely like promote a lot of the products that I used. And like now that I don't use any, I don't promote any. So it's just it's still it. about being, being authentic in the message that you're trying to spread. And, you know, a lot of people listening to this don't use social media for those purposes. And I didn't for a long time. It was like, you know, if I was working a lot, I wasn't even on social media. I couldn't have my phone yeah. on me. So you know, it depends on what you use it for and for a long time. And even still now, it's a documenting tool. And that's a big thing that people need to sort of, um, or not, it doesn't work for everyone, but, you know, focusing on documenting rather than creating and spending so long just fixating on how to say things and, you know, choreographing posts and people spend hours on that stuff. And Instagram is supposed to be instant, for example. It's about like picking your platform of where those things go. If you want to write a blog post and spend hours on that, go for it. Mm. But, you know, popping up your thoughts and all those sorts of things, it's still valuable to some people. Yeah, I like that. Again, it really depends on the service. Um, So for you, I suppose you are your brand. I am my brand as well. Um, When I was competing and that was my identity, I was like the fitness model, Danny cool. I would literally just post today. I did like the memories come up and I, oh, it was shocking. It was just a mirror selfie, like poorly done. I had so much shit in the background. Like my legs were cut off because of the height of the mirror. And I put a big hashtag leg day across my whole body pretty much. And I uploaded it because I trained legs that day. <laughs> that was my post. And then slowly, slowly, it became a journey of my life. I finished studying mm. this, this and that and that. But now it's different. I mean, my posts, I don't, I don't really put selfies on anymore. So I do spend more time on my actual posts on my feed uh, just because, again, that's the path I want to go down personally, not because I feel like I have to. I want to educate. So that, mm. I can't really just throw that together and it, I have to spend a bit more time. But when it comes to stories, people still want to get to know me. Like, and, mm. and the random thing, I'd, I'd still like to think that I can post photos of the dog or, you know, I went out for, to the beach or this. Like, it's that personal relationship. So, again, you just have to find out what your brand is and what you stand for and then act accordingly. Yes, there are mm. some things that, like, you don't post everything on there, but some people do. It really depends. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to be able to pop the random photo of a cat up and, oh, like, yeah. show your personality. God, yes. I still want a cat. Um, I know you do, you know, don't you? Is that any closer? Like where are we at with the cat sitch? He's not going to budge and <sighs> I think I'm just going to have to go and do it and not tell him. Oh, you can't. Could you? <laughs> no, I could not do that. Why God, are we doing a video game? 
Yeah, it's probably true. I did buy him that painting. Did you see that? Oh, that looked epic. Yes, that yeah. was insane. Yeah. Shout out to Danielle Weber. How's that for connections though? We had Danielle Weber, the artist on the podcast. And that's what it's about too, actually. Networking and meeting cool people in life. Like, yes, she's an artist and we're in that health and fitness industry, but you just meet and mingle and that's how your circle grows and opportunities just come from all over when you spend more time actually like yeah meeting people that's something that yeah. i definitely realized that's how i ended up at pro raw i just yeah you shake a couple of hands hey i'm danny next minute all right full time there that's me like it's yeah meeting people and networking is is actually massive um and that engagement yeah. on social media like people think oh if i have more followers it's better well no what are you doing with the actual followers that you have mm. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Your, 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 what do they say? Your network is your net worth. So, you know, actually, it's all yeah. about, you know, it's, and I freaking hate that term like collaboration. Like, I hate that. I absolutely hate it when so people, let's collaborate. It's like, you want to be my friend or not? <laughs> is this how this works? Like, do you want to, I hate that. You know, you get messages from people like asking to catch up and train and collaborate. And I'm like, I don't do fake friendships. I understand what sometimes people mean, but I just, I don't know. Like I'm, I would rather like befriend someone. If I didn't want to hang it, like if I didn't want to take your fishing, I probably don't want to take your training. So it's the yeah. same sort of concept <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yes. Oh, do you know what grinds my gears is when Here people like Cheryl's venting. Let <laughs> it out. Come on, she's on. I'm go. On. But I'm sorry. Like, if people want to collaborate <laughs> or sponsor you or have you as an ambassador, like, at least make it personal and at least like, yeah. effort into the email or feel like you know me or yeah. like the classics just... when they just copy and paste your Instagram handle. Hey, Danny Antonellis, one word with the ad in front of it. It's like, at least call me Danny. Come on. I, I would get Danny up because they'd split yep. my last name wrong. So they'd put the A on the end of my first name. And I'm like, that's not my name. Oh, Anyway, yep. back to you. Yep. Keep going. But, you know, there is nothing nicer than when you get a personalized message or email being like, hey, thanks so much. You know, I've really been blah, 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 enjoying this or loving the podcast or whatever it might be. And then they ask for something like that's Mm -hmm. or then they ask insert question or insert offer or, you know, because I wouldn't just walk up and be like, give me 50 bucks. You know, I'll I'll give you something (laughs) first and then, and then make me want to pay you. Um, And sometimes, you know, you can feel like a bit of a product. It's like, you know, you spend a lot of time on social media responding to people and like giving what I perceive as value. Um, And I don't ask for a cent on Instagram or do anything like that. So Mm. it's only, you know, respectful that you understand that from a consumer standpoint, that just because, you know, like we do take the time to get back to a lot of people or produce free content for people. Yeah. And it becomes exhausting when you do look at it like, oh, if I do this, I'll get money out of it. Well, no, we started the podcast, A, because we love talking. B, because imagine trying to type all this advice in the DMs. We're just like, let's just oh. podcast and then we'll send people to that as well. But we do it because it's fun. But naturally yeah. that builds trust and, and all of that as well. So that's how you need to look at it too. Yes, you can mm. look at it from a business point of view. But at the end of the day, if I thought, oh, sirs, I'm recording the podcast today about something I'm not passionate about, it's not going to last. We're doing it because we love it. And then we're able to turn them into clients who we're helping 
because they hear what we're about. They've sussed us out for a few months and then they want help. And that's organic. That's relationship building. And that's any service. It's like when people want, um, I don't know, a job with someone and they're like, can you hire me? But they haven't even tried their service. They haven't even, they don't even really know what they're about. Like, well, no, Mm. you kind of, you have to prove yourself. Like when I was working for Hattie for the year, I was one of her clients for three years first. And I made sure I was one of the top performing bloody clients before I asked for a job. Like Mm. there's no way on, on even just slid in the DMs. Hey, you know, can I have a job? No chance. You work for it, build a relationship, prove that you enjoy what they enjoy. And then you say, cool, are there any opportunities that we can have together? So on and so forth. Prove yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, Because like what you said, like I think I was nursing full-time when we started this podcast. I don't even know how we did it. You were actually. Yeah, like, you know, things shouldn't have a, a motive. You know, I we just well, I just wanted to talk. <laughs> Shock horror! If I don't do enough of that, Luke almost you know his mouth dropped to the floor when I told him we wanted to start a podcast. He <laughs> was like, "Yes, now she can talk Danny's ear off." Him said, "No." He's I like, "I feel fun. like I listen to you all day." <laughs> I'm like, "Cause you do, cause you better listen to it in the car." <laughs> Oh no, that's his one time where he escapes from you when he's driving somewhere yeah. and you're still in his <laughs> Oh god, it's so true. Um <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, what's so next? So engaging with people, why should people follow you? You have to give them something. You've got to give yeah. them some value. And and be yeah. creative with your value. If you feel like, oh, I have to do this, well then it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just think about like you know what value not even value but what values do you have yourself right not even value but value it's all about the tone no, isn't it? values like your values your personal values you know like some people might see a lot of value in you demonstrating honesty you know like again it doesn't have to come down to like this really high-tech choreograph post it can mm. be something different so don't feel or compare yourself to some of the elite people that have, you know, IT people or social media managers or whatever it might be. You know, sometimes uploading your workout, that's that's awesome inspiration for some people to get an idea. Yeah. If you're selling a product, then high definition photos, perfect, crystal clear background, take the photo of the product. Um, but if you're selling a service and information, you don't always need to look perfect and your hair's perfect and makeup because it's not relatable. People actually mm. tune out. I know I tune out when people when it's real and raw and, and kind of done. I'm I feel like I'm watching a movie. It's not just mm. prim and proper and everything's perfect. But that's what I naturally vibe to because that's my personality as well. Like we're just sort of um, happy go lucky. We 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 put our content out there, but it's not always pristine. Uh, a because that takes so long and it's it's inauthentic anyway. But and B, it's mm. just so it's good knowing that you still get a response from being yourself and not feeling like you have to make everything perfect all the time because that's not relatable. Because if you're always looking, yeah. let's just say you're selling coaching, you're always tan, shredded, everything you say is perfect. Yes, people can aspire to that, but it can also deter mm. people from taking reaching out because they feel like mm. they're, they're nowhere near on your level. You have to be related. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, 
it's exhausting to constantly have to feel like you've got to be a local or be a certain way. It's like such a compliment when people say like, oh, you're exactly like I thought. Such a compliment because you don't want <laughs> to be like, I think it is. Like, no, oh, I'm, you're exactly what you, yeah, you know, it's a big compliment. I would cool. hate for someone to say to me, oh, you look completely different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just that. Be like, yeah, yeah, true. You know, and that's why you've got to bleed it up. If you always put up the high-def photos or, you know, the shredded stage pictures or all the it's filters, like, you know. damn filters where butterflies would fly around people's cheeks. And it, look, I know probably like most of us have put it on, but like, Give yourself a break too. You don't always need those filters. Like, yeah, you're beautiful just the way you are. Yeah, absolutely though. When you always see yourself through a certain lens, you know, yeah. it, it alters your own perception of yourself and others and you almost forget what, you know, bloody eye bags look like. That's right. That's right. Mm. But if you're not happy about that element of yourself, whether it be your knowledge, how you look on the outside how you are on the inside just change it you're in power to change things about yourself and that's the most important thing but it really comes down to that self-awareness and saying is there more in me right now what Mm. am I uncomfortable with what do I love doing because we're in a day and age where you can make work out of anything at all Mm. Like you literally can. So mm. don't cut yourself short anymore. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You're going to have to have conversations with people. You're going to have to have conversations with yourself, which could probably be more scary. But mm. bloody hell, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so mm. glad I did it. And, and we're going to keep doing it. Next year we might be doing something different. But oh, my God. Far out. How good just, do you, you feel, just, though? You just think of like how much things can change in 12 months. Mm. It's nuts. but. Um, yeah, I think those conversations are really crucial. It's really important to be vulnerable and put yourself out there and lean into that discomfort or that area that you really want to do. And, you know, understand that it does take a thousand hours to become an expert of whatever it might be. So yeah. these things for us, we just, they just haven't, you know, happened. Um, no even though certain things of, you see, even though certain things might seem a bit like more frictionless or a bit more seamless, I've uh, still done the time. Do you know what I mean? Still been yep. training, still been practicing what we preached for a long, long time um, and allowed or cleared, I guess, the area so that we can see those things and take them mm. a bit more clearly. That's right. Yeah, because we've done the time, but we're also learning where to delegate time. We always talk mm. about where to say yes to and where to say no to as well because mm. when we say no, more opportunities come up as well. So really learn mm. where you want to spend your time and who with and who you're learning from. Yeah. But in terms of yeah. the online presence thing, yes, it's great, but you have to have an outcome. If you're doing online for a business, there's no point wasting hours every day putting a post on with no return as well. So pay attention mm. to that. Where do you get the most engagement? How can you provide the most value um, or values? And then go from there as well because it's not necessarily about how many followers you have. It's about, all right, which kind of followers do you have? What's the engagement like? Are you commenting? Are they asking for your help? Can you book them in? So on and so forth. So pay attention to that as well. Mm, Yeah, really, really good point. And really good point, you know, as well is like that you will change your mind on a lot of things. Mm. You know, the way that you start doing something, it's going to evolve. So you've got to be okay with like making a few mistakes or making a few wrong turns. It's just about getting back onto the right pathway. Um, yep. I can't even begin to think about how many times I've changed my mind on certain things. Yep. Um, nothing's been a mistake. They're just lessons, right? Like, like everything. 
100%. People feel like, oh, I started this, I need to finish it. Well, no, if you're smart, you'd actually stop and, and save two yeah. years, you know, or save a whole lifetime. Yes. Just stop and try the next thing. It's yes. okay. I'm all about that. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Is that? is that all? I reckon that's it. Anything else? Anything that's else? Pretty to good. Add? But thank you to everyone for the continual support. I mean, that we get tags all the time. Um, but one thing we're really, we're actually on a mission to level up, of course, as we always are. To get a higher ranking on Apple Podcasts. I think that'll be pretty cool. Now, mm. some of you have written some incredible reviews and we do thank you. So we would please, please, please love to hear some more reviews on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts as well. So if you click onto the app that says leave a review, please leave us some stars and a little write-up of what you thought. But it's feedback for us also to know what you love about it as well or what we mm. can do more of and change. So that would be incredible, please, everyone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, we'd really appreciate um, a little bit of feedback and, you know, those five gold stars on Spotify, Spotify and the podcast app. They really do help us rank a bit higher um, and then hopefully be able to produce some more episodes into the future. So, again, yes. thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you did enjoy the episode, please do take a screenshot, tag myself, tag Danielle and, of course, the Level Up podcast.